Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the absolute best and easiest way to host your podcast and get paid for it by running ads just like these. And take it from me, I've hosted at least seven of my podcasts on Anchor.fm. I recommend it to every show on our network. And other hosts are going to charge you upwards of $100 every year just to run your podcast on their host. Anchor.fm does it for free. So go check out Anchor.fm for more information. Robots Radio presents... The Cyberpunk Lorecast. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the Cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robot. Power is insidious. It changes you. It's not something to debate. This isn't a maybe this is a thing, what do you think kind of topic. It's the truth. As we gain power, even little bits of power, even status, wealth, prominence that we didn't have before, we change. It's just human. Think about a time in your life when you had very little. A good analogy for this is as a teenager, before you started working your first job, the idea that you wanted to buy a video game or a bike, something that you've been wanting for a while, but took a while to save up the money for, felt like it took forever. And when you finally got that thing, you loved it. It was worth so much because of the amount of time, the amount of saving that you had to do, or just waiting for your birthday or Christmas in order to get it. And then you started working a job, and even though you didn't make very much, you had the money to buy something if you wanted it. And then at that point, did you value the things you were buying the same amount? Did you spend as much time thinking about them? And then as an adult, as a much more established worker, somebody making more money than you did when you were a teenager, do you value things the same? Things change. Your situation changes. Your amount of power changes. The things that you are used to, the way that you perceive the world. And this is very dependent on our situations. It's very dependent on the world we surround ourselves in, the things that we care about, the things that we fear, 
inconveniences that we're dealing with. And today we're going to discuss General Donald Lundy, a man who starts out with patriotic reasons for what he's doing because he cares, because he's in situations that are dangerous. You see, Mr. Lundy is a soldier. He was born to a military family, and by the year 1970, he entered the Marine Corps. He graduated top of his class at West Point, and then he saw combat in Vietnam, Grenada, the Gulf War, and the first Central American conflict. And this is one of the points where this reality, the cyberpunk reality, diverges from our own. In this world, the powers of Central America stand up against the United States for their influence in their politics and their economies. And war occurs. And war doesn't necessarily go that well for the United States. They were embroiled in a situation that was very reminiscent of Vietnam. This idea that you have a superpower with all of these large, heavy weapons and manpower, lots of men, military, moving into these tropical locations and being bogged down in the jungles and the swamps. It wasn't the ideal situation for the United States. And so, of course, things change over time. And we'll get into the Central American conflicts in a future episode because they're interesting and they they do change the path that the United States is on from our own reality. They change the path of the world. The focus here is Donald Lundy. And Donald Lundy had to deal with these conflicts. He was in the boots on the ground, if that's a way that we can say it. He was a man on the ground dealing with these situations. And he performed admirably. He was a natural leader. He was a smart man. He was elevated to the rank of general. One of the youngest Pentagon chiefs in the history of the United States. And he also had to deal with another situation. In 1998, four years after the 1994 economic collapse, the United States decided it was time to replace the M16A2 rifle. This was the standard rifle that the United States had taken into conflicts for decades. And there were some upgrades, but the M16 had seen conflict all over the globe for years. And the United States decided that they needed to stay relevant. They needed to upgrade their weapon system. And the weapon systems that came up in the bid were the FNSAP, which was cheap and clunky and unreliable. And the only reason why it was up for bid in this specific situation was because it was compatible with ammunition and parts that the NATO alliance was using. Then there was the Colt AR-17X, which was a solid gun, but too expensive. And then there was the newcomer, Armatech Lucchesi International. And you may not recognize that name, 
If you've been watching the trailers for 2077, you've been digging into some of the history of the world, and you're not somebody who plays the tabletop game, even if you are somebody who plays the tabletop game, you may not recognize Armatech Lucchesi. That's because this is the company that goes on to become Militech. And their rifle was the best of the three options. But something happened. Donald Lundy saw the bid go to the FNSAP, a weapon that was not as good as the other weapons. And then the second Central American conflict happened. And soldiers from the United States were again sent into the jungles of Central America, ill-equipped, with a weapon that broke down. And Donald Lundy wasn't going to stand for this. He was a patriot. He had served in multiple fields of conflict. He knew what it was like to be a man on the ground and have to rely on your rifle for your life and for the lives of the men around you. He knew what this was like, and he wasn't going to stand for it. So in 1998, when the bid went to FN, he left. He left the military. He decided to retire because he knew what was going to happen. And he was right. Five years later is when the second Central American conflict takes place. He knew ahead of time, five years early, that that, that rifle, that choice was going to lead to problems. And he left. He left the military. Lifelong military man by 1998. Somebody who had served for almost 30 years. And so he changed up what he was doing. He decided that he could make more of a positive impact in America by working for an arms manufacturer themselves. And that's when he reached out to Antonio Lucchesi, allied himself with the man behind Armatech Lucchesi, and turned it into Militech. All the pieces were there. Armatech Lucchesi was a smaller company. It was a company that hadn't seen its day yet, but its manufacturing was top-notch. It was creating arms that were better and cheaper than the competition. They just hadn't been given the chance yet. And with somebody like Donald Lundy at the helm, they were about to change in ways that nobody could have predicted. You see, Donald returned to the Pentagon in 2004, not as a chief, but as a salesman. And at this point in time, the U.S. had decided to scrap the FN. They realized that this was not the right choice. And ironically, the only reason they chose it was so that the ammo and the, the parts for the NATO rifles would, would match. Well, NATO changed. So there was no reason to stick with this rifle. So, of course, things go up for bit again. Donald Lundy walks in with Militech. It's now Militech's Ronin. This is the most up-to-date rifle that they had ever created. And he sells it. 
the United States buys in. And almost overnight, Militech, who used to be Armatech Lucchesi, is transformed into a mega corporation. And Lundy proves his worth. He takes a company that was already doing good things and moves them into megacorp status. And as the CEO, his world changes. Can you imagine the bonuses that he would have received for landing this sale? The United States government, still ailing from changes in the world, but still one of the biggest purchasers of weapons on the planet, is now using your rifle. It's at this moment that it seems like Lundy has reached this level of success. This goal that he had. He has put in the hands of the United States military a weapon that he knows will perform admirably in any world conflict. It is 100% up to date. It is ahead and more advanced than many of the other weapons being used by nations and corporations across the globe. And he has accomplished what he came to do. And in doing this, has become one of the most powerful men in the world. What does this do to your psychology? Somebody who starts from a meager beginning, a military man from New England, grows up, spends his time in these conflicts, on the ground, becomes a general in the United States military, and now the head of one of the largest megacorporations in the world. So Militech doesn't stop there. They continue to develop other weapons, and of course they diversify. Small arms, heavy weapons, vehicles, accessories, special projects, mercenary troops, police services. And if you remember the Arasaka episode, you'll know that this is a slope. That these mega corporations, when they start branching out into these other services, become more powerful than they ever could have predicted. And we're going to have to dig into more of the specifics of Militech in a future episode. Because this episode is primarily about Lundy. But I bring up this, this topic and, and these points. I bring up the, the details about Militech to fill in the background a little bit. Uh, we're going to get into that for sure. But think about this. Not only is the mega corporation that this man runs able to put out the most high-end, top-of-the-line rifles into the world, but also other weapons, vehicles. This company is supplying equipment eventually to hundreds of other corporations across the globe, other nations across the globe. You are the, the person who is in charge of a company and has access to not just rifles, but your own military personnel, mercenaries, police forces. You're connected to all of these things. You're connected to organizations and nations that rely on you and the things you manufacture to maintain their own power and to try to attempt to expand their own power. You are under the hood 
of the military vehicles of a significant percentage of the powerful organizations on the planet. How does that not change a person? What would happen to you in this situation? You come from meager beginnings and you are now one of the most powerful men on the planet. And on top of that, all you've known for your entire life is war, doing what you need to survive, killing other people. What kind of person do you become? We're going to continue this when we get back from the break, so stay tuned. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. All right, Cyberpunks, thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I am your host, Tom, or Robots, as usual, and thank you for tuning in. If you haven't checked out the other shows on the network, on the Robots Radio Network, then you might want to do that. If you're into what I'm doing here on the Cyberpunk Lorecast, I host a number of other shows, including the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Fallout Lorecast, the Fallout Hub um, a, another show called Myth, which is actually really, really cool and a little bit different than some of the other shows I do. And uh, there's lots of other shows on the network that I don't host as well. So go go check those out. Go see what they're, they're about. Um, thank you for tuning in as usual. And thank you especially to people who leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and whatever podcatcher you use. The, the ones on Apple Podcasts are the ones that I can find. So I'm going to read some new ones that we got in the last week. We got two new ones. The Great Jeebus from the United States. States writes great podcast five stars haven't been this excited for a game in a very long time was looking for a podcast to help understand the lore and background of the cyberpunk universe this podcast is perfect for keeping up with the excitement and hype highly recommended so thank you the great Jeebus I really do appreciate that and then also we have you you on RR from the United States who writes great show five stars highly recommended give it a listen and you may regret all life decisions if you don't that sounds very ominous you you but I appreciate the the sentiment thank you so much also thank you so much to our patrons who help provide this show to you every week you can go to patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast and check out the different rewards you get including an ad free version of the show for very little amount of money so it's actually it's actually very worth it. So go check that out if you'd like to help support me financially in order to keep doing this. This is something that I'm striving to do full time along with the other shows on the network. So go check that out. I think you guys will enjoy the different rewards that you can get. And the show is also brought to you by Loot Crate. And because you are a listener of this show, you can click the link in the show notes. Make sure you click the link in the show notes because they won't know you come from us unless you do so. And use the code ROBOTSRADIO. 
in order to get 15% off your purchase of Loot Crate. And Loot Crate is great because it gives you all sorts of swag. It comes in a box, t-shirts and things to put on the wall and little characters to put on your desk, all sorts of cool stuff for different kinds of video games, comics, movie characters, all sorts of things. Go check out the different crates that they have and pick one up and save 15%. And if you do, we get a little bit of a kickback, which says thanks for sending people our way. And it does help support the show as well. And if you have like a birthday or a holiday coming up and you're looking to request a gift from somebody, this is actually a really great thing to request or to give to somebody else. So, you know, share the code, share the link with somebody else and maybe they'll get it for you, which is what I did with my wife. And then now I'm getting some cool crates. So uh, go check that out. And thanks again for everybody helping to support the show and keeping me creating this content for you. I appreciate it. All right, let's get back to the show. So every story about a rise to power has difficulty at some point. You have the humble beginnings, you have the rise to power, you have the point at which you become effectively king of the world. (laughs) Well, maybe not the world, but king of your own domain. And in every classic story about a king or an emperor, What does the king or the emperor have to deal with? What are they afraid of most? And usually it's not the other nations. It's not the other kingdoms that they're dealing with. Sure, you have to deal with your other enemies. You're usually in some sort of cold conflict, if not open war with them throughout different portions of your reign. But the thing that's most insidious about the rule of a king and the things that the king has to deal with is assassination, is being taken out from within. Because every king has people underneath them who believe that if they were able to rid themselves of you, that they would gain in power, if not become the king themselves. And we have a situation here where we're in the dark future, or actually we're, I guess, the dark present by 2020. I mean, it is 2020 now, right? So we're in the dark present. You've got (laughs) Lundy, 72 years old, one of the most powerful men in the world, CEO to Militech. And with all of this power at his fingertips, he has to constantly have protection wherever he goes. He has a personal entourage of bodyguards protecting him from assassination, both from without and from within. You see, a king didn't have to deal with a board, a board of directors. If corporations are the modern kingdoms of the world, then they're structured a little bit differently than, say, a kingdom. In a kingdom, the king says what's going to happen, and it happens. He has to report to nobody. And underneath him, he has lords and ladies and servants and knights and and all sorts of people who bend to his will no matter what. But in a kingdom, if enough of the lords rise up against him, then he has to deal with that. And similarly, if enough of the members of the board of directors stand up against the CEO, They can oust him from the company. And so the CEO is constantly 
dealing with this threat. One of the things that Lundy has done is to continue to consolidate shares of the company. Militech is an openly traded company. So if he owns a majority of the shares, then he owns more control of the company than everyone else. But he doesn't. And so he's been consolidating shares of the company underneath himself in order to attempt to firm up control. He also has to make sure that he's still on the good side of the board. Because one wrong turn could mean he's removed from the CEO position. They find fault with him and he loses loyalty across the board, then he could be removed from his position with very little ability to fight back at that decision. And sure, there are situations where you can have lawsuits and do all sorts of things in, in our world in order to try to combat that or try to make up some of the money that you would have lost from moving on from that position or whatever. But ultimately, when you are one of the most powerful men in the world, it's no longer about an extra few million dollars that you would have lost because you changed positions or something. It's about power. Let's be honest. And that's what this whole episode is about. Lundy's rise to power. And think about it. He's gone from meager upbringings, fighting in wars, fighting the U.S. government from within as a general, trying to get into place the things that he believes will help the United States and move them forward and protect the soldiers, the kinds of people he was out on the battlefields with. And then he changes and he leaves the United States, almost effectively leaves the United States because this is a world where your nationality isn't as defining as it once was. Once he is the CEO of Militech, his country is Militech. And I hope this is something that you guys get. Like, in this world, the United States, sure, is a nation, but what happens to the world when corporations become the size of nations? When they have the same level of power? Does it matter at that point if the United States is the country that you are from? Somebody like Lundy, and this is something that happens in our, our real world too, is international. His national association at this point is Militech. That's it. It doesn't matter if he was a United States citizen or not, for the most part. He doesn't need to live in the United States. He can live anywhere in the world that he wants to. And it doesn't matter if the place that he's living gets embroiled in conflict. He can up and move. He can become transient. In a world where you are not beholden to the neighborhood that you live in, the people you live around, then does patriotism even really make sense unless it's for an ideal? And at this point in his life, what used to be his ideals, the American way, U.S. military, fighting for freedom, has changed. Power has changed him. His ideals at this point are control. Being on top. 
not losing the things that he has gained through his decisions, through his influence. Those are his only ideals at this point. And when those are your ideals and you come from a background where you are a trained killer, what will you do to maintain those ideals? You become not only one of the most powerful men in the world, but also one of the most dangerous men in the world. And at this point in 2020, which is kind of where we leave off with Donald Lundy, he is in charge of this gigantic mega corporation. He's worried about danger from within, but he also has a key competitor, Arasaka. They create weapons, military equipment, vehicles, and mercenary forces, just like Militech does. And Arasaka is plugged in. They're plugged in across the globe. And the United States really isn't an issue for somebody like Militech. Nations, not so much. Not so much an issue. The nations depend on companies like Militech and Arasaka in order to outfit their militaries. So Lundy's no fool. He gets it. He knows that if he's going to have unlimited power, then his competition is from within, it's the board, and from without, it's another company like Arasaka. So of course, conflict is brewing. So as we move into the red, and we learn more about the period of the red, the 2040s, 2045, I believe it was, and 2077 in the video game release, keep an eye out for the name Donald Lundy. Let's see what happens with good old Donald. Let's see what happens with Militech and who might be running it. Or is Donald Lundy still in charge? Has he been enhanced in a way that keeps him live and behind the scenes? We're just going to have to wait to find out. All right, cyberpunks, thanks for tuning in. And as usual, stay safe in Night City. Take care of yourselves. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. 
there's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.